Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. You absolute legends. In this episode I'm going to be talking about change and the reason I'm going to be talking about change is because I am changing, you are changing and this podcast seems to be changing and I went through a little bit of a period giving myself quite a hard time about that. Uh, which was obviously quite pointless. So I thought, why not just do one of those podcasts where I just think about something out loud. And I do have a couple of points that I've kind of identified that I'm going to talk about in this episode. But for the most part, I'm just going to be freestyling a little bit and talking about what it means to me. And hopefully, if anyone is giving themselves a hard time for change, helping them think differently about it as well. But before we get into that, just a quick word from the sponsors. Obviously, this show wouldn't be alive without sponsors, or it definitely wouldn't be as consistent, or it probably wouldn't put as much effort in, um, because they pay the bills. So if you'll allow me to pay the bills for a moment, it's with Athletic Greens and BetterHelp. All of the information for both of these is in the description of the episode. But Athletic Greens is a new sponsor. It's an all-in-one nutritional supplement. Now, nutritional supplements... It's not my favourite thing in the world, but Athletic Greens has helped me quite a bit, actually, over the last two years, because I just don't really like vegetables. And Athletic Greens take care of all of your vitamins and minerals that you would usually get from your vegetables. Now, no doubt you eat your vegetables like a good adult, but you're probably not getting all the nutrients that you could. Athletic Greens, with a new AG1 formula, have that covered for you. Like I say, I've been taking it for two years, and it really just allows me to live a guilt-free life with my diet, which is kind of ideal. So if you fancy a bit of that, to make it easy, Athletic Greens are going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you'd have to do is head to athleticgreens.com forward slash need to read. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash need to read to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, in addition to that, we've got BetterHelp, and I feel like all of my ads for BetterHelp are becoming the same, so I thought I'd give you a little bit of an example from my life in terms of how therapy has helped me. I used to get upset over quite a few things. Now, combined with reading and meditating, therapy has changed the way that I look at the world, changed the sort of lens that I look at things through, and that has helped me change the way that I do things change the way that I respond to failure, change the way that I respond to adversity. And I really don't think I'll be able to do that without the professional help of a therapist, which I'm not afraid to admit that. I think on your own, it's tough. And sometimes a professional is just the best route for you. You might be in a position where you're thinking, hey, actually, maybe it is time to speak to a professional. If you are one of those people, head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and you can get 10% off your first month of online therapy and questionnaire only takes five or ten minutes get matched with a therapist if you don't like that therapist or the way that they do therapy because there are quite a few different methods of therapy you can change that free of charge so like i said there's going to be a few different ways i'm doing things today and i'm going to have a look at how the podcast is going to change because i think that's quite an important topic to cover uh, because you listening right now you may have noticed changes in the past that haven't been necessarily addressed or spoken about properly in full and i'd like to kind of go over them just to give people an idea of what they can expect in the future up until the point that i decide that i'm going to change things again also I'm going to have a look at maybe the philosophical ideas behind change and the psychological as well 
and just a bit of a chat about personal change because that's quite important and hopefully some of this is going to resonate some of it might not but some of these ideas from philosophy and, and from psychology have really helped me come to terms with the kind of constant state of change that we're in as human beings right so first of all the podcast this podcast a need to read is my business it's my job it's my baby it's just something I do right but I do of course take it quite seriously I spend an awful lot of my time reading and since starting the podcast I think like from inception of the podcast I think I've almost read 150 books that is quite a lot of information information to take in board and to have not changed from I think it was very naive of me to have ever thought back then that I was at a point of certainty on anything because when you read a lot of books you just get an idea of how stupid you are I think to put it bluntly Um, and if you don't want me to put it bluntly it just instills a sense of humility over the things that you don't know and that's really important I think it was Socrates used to walk around saying all I know is that I know nothing that is kind of the sign of a smart person is being able to acknowledge what they don't know. Of course, you don't know what you don't know, but there are a lot of things that you don't know that you know you don't know, and you talk about them as if you do know. And I don't think that's really necessarily great. I, of course, come from a place of massive privilege. Look at me, I'm a cisgendered male, white, middle class, you name it, I admit. Apart from the fact that I've had some mental health issues, I pretty much tick all the boxes of privilege. I feel awkward sometimes giving out advice on this podcast knowing that my experience is a privileged one and also one that is quite unique when all the advice that I give isn't necessarily going to land with every single person and I think I kind of had that realization last year and I didn't I didn't before I knew that I was privileged but I didn't realize that the information that I give out isn't going to fit for everyone and that there are people in positions that may not even be catastrophic but are at a point where they can't implement some of the stuff that I'm talking about so first of all I guess that's just an apology for my ignorance I'm not going to dwell on that and I'm not going to give myself a hard time for it but just to know in the future like when I'm talking about stuff and I'm saying oh my god it'll work for everyone might not work for everyone um I don't know what it's like to have much responsibility really let's face it All I do is read books and talk about them on the internet. The responsibility I have is trying to put out the best information possible. That's not having three kids in a job that I don't like or anything like that. It's not real responsibility, let's face it. Uh, And I think people on the internet or people in my position just don't bother acknowledging that sometimes. And I find it bizarre. Think about Molly May on whatever it was, she said everyone gets the same 24 hours in the day. Yeah, correct from an objective point of view, but I don't think she was looking at it from an objective point of view. And then Kim Kardashian last week, I hate, by the way, that I'm going to be talking about Kim Kardashian on my podcast, but she was like, the problem with women nowadays is they just don't want to get off their ass and work. It's like, all right, fucking Kim Kardashian got a few businesses probably run by other people and you're trying to tell the women of the world that they don't want to work 
there is a distinct lack of just acknowledging your privilege on the internet nowadays. So that's why I just want to ha hold my hands up and just be like, yeah, sorry guys, I'm pretty fucking privileged. Let's acknowledge that straight away. Um, as if anyone needed to hear more from a young white man on the internet. That's what I've come out and done with this podcast. And for some reason, I just didn't really acknowledge the fact that everything I say isn't correct. So I think the more that I've read, the more humility has been instilled in me. And I think that is a wholly good thing. For a while, I worried that it had knocked my confidence or that my I was suffering from imposter syndrome. But that's just not the case. It's just sometimes you have to realise that you don't know everything. And that is why this podcast is changing. It's because there are some things that I have learnt about or there are some things that have been disproved for me. Um, and I'm not willing to talk about them anymore because I don't think that they deserve the limelight. And there's a thing in science where they say that some things are not even wrong. Because let's face it, science is all about theories, right? Science is about coming up with the best possible explanation, but also being open to being wrong. But there are some things that I've spoken about on this podcast, be it spoken with someone else about, maybe, about angels uh, or other stuff that is just, you can't prove it. People hold on to these beliefs for, that have kind of been made up by someone 2,000 years ago. It's almost as if someone had taken Homer's Odyssey taking the stories from that and being like, hey, if uh, if you want, I can put you in touch with the Hydra or I can put you in touch with Hades. So for that reason, another thing with the podcast, I will never have anyone on who wants to talk about angels. Um, and if they do, then I'll question them further. Because I think the reason, one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is to address some of the points along my interviewing process where I just have not dug deep enough and not been like, really, what makes you actually think that? Is that based on truth or logic or or just fucking making it up to sell someone something? I mean, I saw something on Instagram the other day of someone selling for about a tenner to put you in touch with your angels. What the fuck? If you could get someone in touch with their angels, right? Let's say this is like their dead mum or something. You're going to fucking charge them for that, are you? You should be walking around like Mother Teresa or Jesus and just being really sound to everyone, giving it away for free. Not charging them a tenner to get in touch with their angels. It's absolutely berserk. Uh, and that is why... And that is just why I'm I'm fed up with the internet. And that is why I am addressing how this podcast is changing, just so you know that I will never entertain that again but maybe i will one day because this podcast is about change and who knows what i'm going to be doing in five years time so that's kind of where the podcast is going to go so thank you for listening into that rambling but now let's get into the proper start the proper stuff to do with change the psychological the philosophical and a little bit of the personal one of the best things i've learned in psychology about change is the end of history illusion this is by a guy called Daniel Gilbert. I've seen James Smith speak about it before. Um, and I think that was when I watched him speak about his last, last book, Not a Life Coach. I can't remember it in the book. But the end of history illusion is a psychological illusion where essentially us as people of all ages, we believe that we've experienced significant enough personal growth and changes 
in tastes and, and ambitions and, and values and stuff up to the present moment. But in the future, we won't grow at all or we won't change at all. So if I ask you to look back maybe 10 years, you'd be like, yeah, oh my God, I've changed so much from when I was that person. And we'd all be able to agree on that. Like, what, I was 17. I was 17 10 years ago. I was still throwing eggs at people out of my car. So I would say I've changed quite a lot in the last 10 years. But if you then ask me to look forward 10 years, I'm like, oh, how much do you think you're going to change? I'm as arrogant as anyone else. I'd be like, well, yeah, my values will probably be, remain the same. And yeah, I guess I'll kind of be the same person, actually. I feel like I've, I've grown enough to this point. I've stepped into my authentic self. But really, come back when I'm 37, I'll probably think this guy talking on the microphone now is a fucking idiot. Maybe I'll be throwing eggs out of cars again. Who knows? But we underestimate how much we're going to change in the future. And that is at our detriment. And that is a shame. But once you understand that, it kind of liberates you a little bit. It kind of lets you understand that, wow, I am going to change throughout life and any decision I make now, at some point in my life, I'm probably going to think it's wrong. So what does it fucking matter? Now, I am toying with existentialism, absurdism and all these different types of philosophies at the moment. One of the key things in existentialism is that you get to kind of choose your identity every day. They do rely on free will a little too much for my liking. I'm, I'm unsure of my stance on free will but I'm pretty sure I think it doesn't exist. But I like the concept that every day you get to wake up and think, hey, what am I doing today? What kind of person am I today? And that your past, of course, it played a role in getting you to where you are right now, but it doesn't have to play a role in how you behave in the future. You do get to choose that on that day. And that I find quite liberating. Because people are so caught up over purpose or finding this whole like meaning in life. I do think finding meaning is a daily task. But I don't think finding your purpose, as if you're ever going to just have one overarching purpose, is a good idea. People out there are trying to tell you that they can find your purpose for you. No, they can't. It just doesn't work like that. You can't just have one purpose all your life. And even if you did, I'm sure there are people out there who do. How fucking boring is that? You don't get the variety of experience you get when you wake up in the morning and think, cool, what's what's on my mind today? Oh, I guess I'll do that. And maybe that's privilege talking again because I don't have to get up and do a job and do the same things each each and every single day. But if you're bored of your job, I'm not going to be too simplistic here, but maybe use one of your choices of, of direction and think about doing something different. I do think that's possible. But then, of course, I don't know what the job market's like in particular areas of the country. So, sue me, right? I do want to install some kind of self-efficacy in people to say that if you are doing something you hate, look for a route out of it. Um, but don't necessarily pin your hopes on finding your purpose and that purpose being like opening an Etsy store that sells macrame, denim shorts and that being your purpose because that's restricting right and we don't want to do that as people we want to be quite open that's one thing I talk about with my therapist quite a lot is 
trying to use the past as a compass for the future it just doesn't work it's it's better almost to have this kind of indifference towards the past and and make a choice in the present moment that you feel is going to suit you best whilst also understanding that in the future you're probably going to be wrong about what you've just done or think that you were wrong it's all very liberating and i understand that maybe how i just explained that could have been quite confusing but we move on anyway more on the philosophical side of things and i'll go back to seneca if you haven't listened to seneca episode uh please do i think it was quite a good one but when he's talking about relationships he says that you'd be crying over someone they've left you or you've left them and you'll never be able to find someone like them again and he says why would you ever worry about that because you're never going to find someone like you again essentially because you're going to be different from that person I think accepting that's quite a good thing. Let's say you have just come out of a relationship or you have just broken up with someone and they were quite a good person. My ex-girlfriend was pretty sound. But I'm not upset about never finding someone like her again because why would I want someone like her? It didn't work out. And I'll be so different. If I keep reading at the rate I am reading at or learning at, like, God knows what I'm going to be like in a year's time. Let alone me wanting someone else to not change and to try and be that person. Buddhism. It's a good philosophy to think about change. One of their like core pillars is impermanence and that everything is always change and that we're always in this state of change. Um, you never step in the same river twice. Like You never step in the same part of your life twice. Every single moment you're taking on board new information that causes you to think differently which then causes you to do differently, which then causes different chain reactions in your life. So it is all about change. Um, life is change. I think that is a weird realisation. I don't know how I didn't realise it sooner. And I guess this just goes to show my naivety. And I, and I would have said it before and it would have been kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I have kind of realised that life really is change and we can do nothing about that right um if you think about aristotle when he talks about like self-actualizing there are a lot of changes that go into the process of this self-actualization i don't necessarily think people can reach this like actualization but you have to accept that if you've got your sights set on somewhere like say a particular goal and be that goal self-actualization whatever that looks like to you you have to understand you're going to change a lot along the way and then your goals might change and that can be quite upsetting if you haven't already accepted the fact that that could potentially happen there's quite a few stories and i read it in a book recently i can't remember what it was i think it was the antidote by oliver berkman and he's talking about people who are climbing everest and they get their their hearts are set on reaching the top but that can be at their detriment sometimes and they're ignoring the warning signs of things that should force them to change course or to turn around. And I think people do that in life. They have their hearts set on these particular goals and they work relentlessly, 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 failure after failure, not ever taking the signs from life that maybe just change direction. You know, there's no, there's no shame in that. Maybe just change direction, see if you can try something different. If anything, you just get a variety of experience, like I was talking about earlier. Which is a good thing. So there's another little bit. 
on uh, accepting change. Actually, let's stay on Oliver Berkman for a moment. Hopefully, you would have all listened to my podcast, Oliver Berkman. I do think it's the best one I've ever done. Um, that is because I absolutely love him. But he talks about trying to exert too much control over life. We have this idea that we should have total control of our lives. And I'm not trying to say that we shouldn't have some form of like self-efficacy and like agency and some kind of control over the direction. But we're never going to have complete control of life that's a privileged position to ever think you do really let's face it because oh no one's invaded our country or well the pandemic didn't affect me too much like there might be something that comes along that completely fucks your world up right you have no control over that and of course we can be stoic about it and be like we can't control circumstances but we can control how we respond to them the key part of that is we actually can't control circumstances so all of these things that we try and control so much like relationships finances um everything everything in our lives that we try and control it's not that it's pointless trying to control it but it's fucking pointless trying to control it and being accepting of how fluid life is is one of the most liberating things you can ever do and i know that that seems like it's like set in eastern philosophy and hippy dippy bullshit but it's really not. I don't know what it is about us in the West and why we think we can have so much control and maybe it's this whole narcissism thing or that we are genuinely like quite self-centered. But we just don't we don't have the control that we think we do. And I think as soon as you actually accept that, you're a little bit more receptive to life and it's almost as if you're waiting for stuff to happen. And people think that's a bad thing. I think that's quite a good thing. You're essentially waiting to be dealt the hand and then you play you're not hoping for a particular hand and then being upset when you get dealt a different one god there you go little poker analogy for you and i don't gamble because uh well a bit of a problem back to the psychology of things and, and one book that has made me think differently or actually two books that have made me think differently about this and maybe you remember the podcast i did with david robert grimes scientist good scientist he's actually a legend um his book the irrational ape and then adam grant's book think again completely opened my mind up to being wrong and having some kind of agility of thought of when you hold these ideas so dearly in our minds it completely blinds us to other things that could be coming up and, and proving us wrong which that's not good we shouldn't be holding things so dearly that we're unwilling to look outside of that box and i completely worry now that one day someone's going to prove the existence of angels but then i guess one day if they do i'll just be like yeah well i go off science bro i'll believe them now guess i was wrong no shame in that but those two books, Think Again and The Irrational Ape, if you're, if you're ever thinking about how to essentially think like a scientist, which I, I would say is a wholly good idea, read those two books. Um, think Again seems to be a little bit of an easier read, whereas The Irrational Ape kind of goes into more of these conspiracy theories and is quite sciencey, um, so it's more difficult of a read. But that doesn't mean that we should ignore it. I've actually kind of enjoying pushing myself at the moment, reading harder books, um, recently read a book by Christopher Hitchens. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows him, listens to his podcast. 
saying that as if you're all in the room with me um he is one of the like four horsemen atheists which is like sam harris christopher hitchens rich dawkins and somebody else but i read his book god is not great and it was extremely difficult to read but that's because that man is dangerous with a pen his ideas are very compelling and the way that he puts forward an argument is actually nothing short of stunning and i never thought in my life i'd be that impressed with the way that someone could write um but pushing myself to read books like that is is being very beneficial and i think the more i kind of indulge in philosophy and, and get into that the more i realize that the more you push yourself intellectually the more you get from reading which i guess actually is another point on where this podcast is going to go and me and my mum were having a conversation about this the other day and she said you mustn't discount the books that have helped you on your journey blah 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 and that is so right. I, I should not be discounting the books that have helped me get to where I am today. But as I go along, I'm finding far better books and far more useful books. So why would I talk about the other ones that have helped me be early on in my journey when I found something better? So there are some books that I've reviewed for this podcast by people who can't write, who I thought they could write at the time. And that's a real shame so currently as things stand i'm very happy with the books i'm reading and i am reading slightly more difficult books and the idea of this podcast now will be to do a short summary slash review review so you don't necessarily have to read the book i will pull all the good ideas from it or most of the good ideas from it but never too much so that the book's ruined it will remain a review and pulling the good ideas but I'm just going to pull the ideas that I think are most helpful and beneficial for people. So never feel you have to keep reading the books that I'm reading or feel pressure to keep up reading the books that I'm reading. If there's something that I think is an absolute must read, of course, I'll tell you. But there will be some books I'm like, right, this was really fucking difficult to read. Obviously, if you want to push yourself, read it. If not, here are the best ideas from it. That's kind of how the podcast is going to go from now on. And I want to go back to the kind of like personal change and how you yourself can look at change in in a personal context. And there's a thought experiment called the Ship of Theseus. And it essentially is about a boat, a ship, you could say, in a museum. And it's called the Ship of Theseus, right? Over time, the planks of wood start rotting and everything on the boat starts rotting. But bit by bit, they change it for new pieces of wood. And then 100 years later, 200 years later, there is now a ship in the museum that has no original parts from the original ship of Theseus, but it is claiming to be the ship of Theseus. And it's a, kind of, it's a thought experiment on metaphysical change, right? We as people have all of these different parts. Throughout life, we work out which parts work for us and which parts don't. When we work out parts that don't work for us, we can take them off the ship and we can put new ones in that seem to work a little bit better but over the span of your life you probably will replace all of the planks in yourself if you were a ship right you're still you if you're changing i think what people struggle with is change is their thoughts about it right so shakespeare nothing's either good or bad but thinking makes it so 
when you're going through a period of change and your hobbies are differing from what they used to be or what you enjoy doing is differing from what you used to be and you then give yourself a hard time for that. I can speak to this personally from staying in on a Friday and a Saturday night without fail, playing chess with my flatmate, playing guitar or trying to play guitar or just doing things that me four years ago would have been like, you're a fucking loser. I have I have that voice in my head still, but of course I know that it's just like, it's not actually relevant and it's not real. And I'm not actually a loser, I hope. So what you have to understand is when, when you are going through change is you are probably going to judge yourself. It's pointless, of course, judging yourself, but it's better to catch yourself doing it. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to stop judging yourself. But what you can do is stop listening to that voice or stop letting it affect you. Think about like Russ Harris uh, in The Happiness Trap, if you've read that or listened to my podcast on it, and he talks about radio doom and gloom. If you're driving along and you're listening to the radio, of course, you're not always paying attention, but it is always on in the background. And that's how you can deal with the voice in your head. You don't have to listen to it. It can be there in the background. It can be going off and it can be calling you all sorts of things. Fucking loser. Why are you playing chess, you dork? It, it can it can show up in all of these different ways, but you don't have to listen to it. How amazing is that? It took me, what, like 25, 26 years to understand that the voice in my head, I didn't have to listen to it. That is one of the most liberating things one of the most like liberating re- like realizations you can ever have in your life is realizing that you don't have to listen to the voice in your head <sighs> that's mental it's just there you can just be playing in the background and when you're doing something let's say you're starting a new hobby and you're going to go and do an adult dance class and before you step on you get your shoes on your mind is like you fucking loser why don't you go to the pub and get on the bag and you being the observer of your thoughts can just be like I don't give a fuck what you say voice in my head I'm going to do this dance class anyway or if you want to I could I could give examples of hobbies and you being mean to yourself all day but I think you get the picture is that you don't have to listen to the voice in your head so let's move on let's move on from that um I've said about things being liberating and I, I think one of the most liberating things I've ever come across is the quote by Aldous Huxley and I've spoken about it before on the podcast but he says when you've behaved badly on no account brood over your wrongdoings rolling in the muck is not the best way of getting clean how many times do you do something when you're annoyed at yourself and then you're like tell you what I'll just give myself a hard time about that it's a really good idea it's never a good idea. If you are someone who behaves badly regularly, you you should try and change that, right? But sitting in the shit, rolling in the muck, as Aldous Huxley would say, is pointless. Brooding over it, thinking about it all the time, what's the point? The only thing you can control now is your behaviour going forward. So... Might as well just control that, right? Can't go back in time yet. Who knows about the future? But Jesus Christ, what is the point in giving yourself a hard time? And even if you do give yourself a hard time, at least you know you don't have to listen to that voice in your head. It can come up. But, oh, mate, do you remember when you were 17 you threw eggs at people? 
and I can just go, yeah, I remember that. That was silly. Guess I won't throw eggs at people anymore. Simple as that. Takes a while though. Takes a little bit of practice, but it's it's worth putting the practice in. I think that's probably enough on change. Half an hour on change is sufficient, I would say. I can't even really trust the difference in me now and, and me in two weeks when it comes to change. And I think that is life. I'm not going to say that I've figured out life now. I'm only 27. I'm falling for the end of history illusion. I know that I'm going to think differently in the future. But when it comes to change, I think the approach in which you have to it is super, super important. And I think if you're more accepting of yourself, if you're more accepting of the things that you can and you can't control, your behavior right now in the present and you can't go back in the past and change things, the fact that nothing's really good or bad as long as you're not hurting anyone, I think that's when you become more accepting of change. And you come more accepting of the fact that you're going to be changing consistently throughout your life and trying to hold on to this person that you are right now with a really tight grasp. It's kind of pointless. And it might actually be holding you back from some pretty beautiful experiences. I think that's quite a nice way to look at change. I'd love to actually hear from you guys on what you think of change or what you thought of this episode. And if maybe you thought I was wrong or if maybe you've had similar realizations recently so the emails in the description of this episode but i think that is it from me you're all absolute legends thank you so much for sticking by me all this time we're almost at a point where i've done two years of a need to read so shout out to everyone who listens you're all fucking legends right now you might change and be different but right now i think you're a legend that's it from me all of the relevant info is in the description of the episode, including sponsor information. So that will be Athletic Greens or BetterHelp. So nutritional kind of green shake. People say that it tastes amazing. It doesn't taste amazing. It tastes all right. Like it's literally all of your vitamins and minerals. How good do you want it to taste? Um, and it is more expensive than other shakes, but that's because they give a shit about their formula and it is quite good. Um, I think I've changed the formula like 53 times. And then BetterHelp is therapy. My God, I want so many people to go to therapy. Uh, but you have to come to that decision yourself if you are thinking about it. The link is in the description. And you get 10% off. 10% is neither here nor there really, but it's kind of ideal, isn't it? It's 10% less than you would have been paying. And that's it. I think you're all legends. Love you, bye.